Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Fred Barnes. And Fred, we have tracked you down here just days before the election to ask about a pol- topic that, quite frankly, I almost never hear mentioned in political ads, which is foreign policy and national security. Is this going to be a security mom's election? Well, I think uh, to some extent it will be. Uh, since these stories have been so big, ISIS in uh, in Syria and Iraq and uh, and the somewhat uh, toned down response by uh, uh, President Obama, you know, where there are not that many bombing runs. He's talked about it, and no troops will be on the ground. And ISIS has, has been gaining territory; hasn't been hasn't been losing territory. But that's been a big story in the news as as Ebola and it's uh, uh, the missteps by the uh, various government agencies under uh, President Obama, and uh, we've had the terrorist attack in in Canada, and all those things. Uh, dominate the news, and I, I really don't think that uh, Republicans need to go on the air and and uh, and raise them because the public knows about them. But they do have an impact, and I think it's this way: uh, they diminish uh, President Obama. His uh, w- w- once again, his foreign policy looks weak and uh, and indecisive, uh, and and as. Uh, the more President Obama is unpopular and is not regarded favorably uh, or is seen as a strong president, that hurts Democrats. Uh, and secondly, it affects the mood of the country. You know, these polls that pollsters have been taking for years, uh, Michael, on, on do you think the country's on the right track or the wrong track, uh, are heavily, more heavily than uh, in recent years even, that we're on the wrong track. I think the latest I saw was 60%, 67% of Americans think the country's off on the wrong track. That's a pretty high number. That's a pessimistic country. And to the extent that uh, Americans are pessimistic, they're not going to vote for Obama's party. It's interesting. I thought that the Fox News actually asked the question, do you think we're going to hell in a handbasket? Yeah. And they got 50-some percent uh, yes to that. I. Yeah, that's the kind of question that, of course, Roger Ailes, uh, a former uh, media consultant himself. I knew him when he was one, and, uh, and and he was the best. But that that's the kind of question he likes to ask. I I suspect he might have suggested that one to the uh, the Fox pollsters. And that's where I think, uh, separate from policy, which we'll get to in a second, there's just I perceive this sense that people believe that President Obama really isn't up to this job and maybe Mm -hmm. now after kind of denial, kind of hoping for the best early on and then not really liking the Republican option in 2012, that people are kind of confronting that. And you wonder if the uh, ISIS mess and the border security mess, which has been brought back up this week because more news is breaking about his plans to grant a massive amnesty. And then every time there's a terror attack, it doesn't necessarily... Uh, you know, threaten Americans, but when he stands up and says this has nothing to do with Islam and he makes statements that are just clearly (laughs) not true, it just lends to this notion that we gave a guy a chance for a job that he wasn't quite ready for. I think you're right, and it gets particularly, uh, uh, I think, counterproductive for him to step forward, as he has, and say that the group that calls itself Islamic State is not Islamic. Now that, I mean, that's that's a a strange (laughs) credibility to say the least. And it put and it puts you know it, it it highlights again things that the president is saying that don't seem to match reality. Whether it's mm-hmm. if you like your doctor, you can keep him. Sure. Uh, you know, to the economy, to foreign policy. But let's focus on some specific states. Okay. Uh, starting with uh, a state that is looking like it's 
it's gone from leaning Republican to likely Republican. Uh, Tom Cotton's race against mm -hmm. incumbent Senator Mark Pryor in Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, a red state, a pro-military state, and Tom Cotton, a military veteran. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, Tom Cotton is uh, one of the best candidates of the year. He has a great resume. Went to went to Harvard, Harvard Law Schools, uh, joined the Army after 9-11 and served in Iraq and Afghanistan and finally came back to Arkansas and won a House seat and is a remarkable figure and now uh, uh, running for the Senate. Um, Arkansas is a state that has become a Republican state. Very late, other southern states got there um, a decade or two ago, but Arkansas has just become a Republican state. They're probably going to elect a Republican governor. And Mark Pryor, um, the incumbent, is uh, living off his family name. You know, his, his father, David Pryor, was the governor and a senator and campaigns uh, for his son. One of the myths of this campaign is the power of the endorsement by Bill Clinton. The stories about Clinton going into Arkansas, and he's been there uh, several times to campaign for Pryor, uh, were that somehow, it, it, if he comes in there, he's so loved in Arkansas that that's going to really bail out Pryor. Well, Clinton comes into Arkansas, and what happens? Uh, Cotton's lead widens. And uh, another military veteran who's turned out to be a solid candidate uh, is Joni Ernst in Iowa. Yep. And mm -hmm. uh, Iowa state where you know, there's a strong kind of uh, anti-war, uh, you know, Tom Harkin element, but there's yep. also a lot of traditional, uh, you know, uh, str strength, you know, Reagan Democratic and, mm -hmm. and Reagan Republicans there. And I wonder if it hasn't helped her in some ways being a veteran, not just from, her, obviously she's not afraid to face down a, 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 an opponent, mm -hmm. but in the sense that sometimes people have questions about women candidates. I think in some ways in this m moment of uncertainty with challenges abroad, that that might be part of the reason why she's been steadily leading by a narrow amount now mm -hmm. for a month. Yeah, no, that's well put. I think that's a great insight. It had, I think it has helped her. Uh, I mean, she's a pretty tough lady anyway, but it, uh, when military issues become more important, uh, people with a military background uh, become uh, uh, more favored candidates, and I think it's helped her a lot. She's been one of the great surprises for Republicans in this campaign. I mean, nobody had ever heard of her outside of Iowa, and she wasn't favored originally to win the Republican uh, nomination, but she has, and has turned out to be uh, a, a really extraordinary uh, candidate. And the fact that, what is she, a lieutenant colonel in the Iowa, uh, in the Army Reserve or in the Iowa National Guard, whatever it is, um, it's something that she's stressed, and it helps her. And the more uh, we see uh, uh, chaos and and uh, savagery and uh, terrorism and killing of uh, of uh, the people in Canada and and ISIS and all that. It's just bound to help her. Uh, and um, it also helps to have the first lady come to the state and mispronounce her opponent's name over and over again. That seems to be very helpful. <laughs> there been, too. There's you know, another military. There's another military candidate that a lot of people don't mm -hmm. think of that way. But I lived in Massachusetts and yep. and uh, knew Scott Brown was there for his mm -hmm. surprise election. And he's been a in the National Guard as a, a as an attorney, a JAG, mm -hmm. whatever they call him, uh, for his entire life. He has a long career. He's a proud career. He, he's very comfortable with the military. Mm -hmm. His service the military and military guys like him. And, uh, when he first decided to go to New Hampshire, I heard it from a lot of people saying, ah, oh, you know, carpetbagger, it's so clearly transparent. Mm -hmm. He can't win in Massachusetts. He comes here. Mm -hmm. But I kept reminding people, you know, he may be far more liberal than I am, but he's a good campaigner. And mm -hmm. I think that in this time, once again, where the president's credibility is, is weak and when national security is an issue, having a guy who's both anti-Obama and strong on defense is uh, helpful even in New Hampshire.
You know, I've talked to some people in New Hampshire that I know, including Jennifer Horn, who's the uh, who used to have a talk radio show in New Hampshire in Nashua, and is now the uh, Republican state chairman there. And she was eager for him to come. Uh, be a carpetbagger, move to New Hampshire and run. Uh, and she's been entirely vindicated. And particularly what she said that he is the greatest campaigner uh, that she's ever seen. A, a day and night uh, will shake a thousand hands in a day, day after day after day after day. And and he uh, started way behind and was dismissed as a credible candidate in New Hampshire by a lot of the media. Now it's a toss up there. Uh, and I suspect uh, uh, the momentum's in his direction, and he has a very good chance of ousting uh, Democratic Senator Gene Shaheen. Uh, uh, Scott Brown is a, a, a remarkable individual. You know, there's some uh, people running for office who are great campaigners, and he's one of those. Then there are others who, like Tom Cotton, have a great resume. They have a, I mean, they're just highly respected for what they've done in life, and uh, and and both of those work. Uh, the best candidates have some of both of those characteristics, but uh, uh, in this one, Scott Brown is probably the re- premier Republican campaigner uh, for a Senate race this entire year, and I can't think of another Republican challenger who can match the resume of Tom Cotton. Uh, <clears throat> one Republican who's not having as much luck in a strong military state is uh, David Perdue in Georgia. The last three polls have him either trailing or tied mm-hmm. with uh, Michelle Nunn. Michelle Nunn has uh, a great name, Sam Nunn, when it comes to military mm-hmm. issues and national security. Of course, neither of them have ever held public office before. But it is interesting that even in this time of kind of <clears throat> chaos and with President Obama's poll numbers really low, that in a red, red state like Georgia, the uh, uh, Democrats are uh, looking, making a serious move to flip a seat from red to blue. Well, you said something that's important there, that uh, neither one of them has been uh, a candidate before. And remember what David Perdue has been. He's been a businessman, a corporate leader. He owned or was the CEO of the Dollar General chain, uh, a chain of these uh, uh, cut-rate stores around the country. And he's been attacked for that because he shipped jobs overseas. He's done what any businessman would do to uh, increase the uh, – uh, the profits of his company and to reward the shareholders. And uh, But just as Mitt Romney was savage for that, uh, David uh, Perdue has been. It's one of the few tactics that Democrats have used this year that seems to have worked. I will also say, I actually had David Perdue on my radio show today. Mm-hmm. He acknowledged that, you know, he has, that, that the spin on him is that he has trouble connecting with regular people. Mm-hmm. And as he was talking about it, he was not connecting with regular people. I was going, what? come on, guy, come on. And then he got to the end, and he said, uh, and he made a comment that I've never heard before, and I think they should really focus on this last few days, which is, you know, one of the things that Dollar General did is they said, look, we're going to help people without a lot of money be able to get the stuff they need to pay their mm-hmm. bills. And that is a, you know, a, a doorway to the average, mm-hmm. you know, person, a, you know, a modest income person sure. that he clearly doesn't connect with. But it, if you want to see the kind of ends of, uh, of natural campaigning, Scott Brown, a guy, as soon as he walks in the room, you want to give him your vote. David Purdue walks in the room and you wonder what is it he wants me to give him. And mm-hmm. that's just the, 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 the real politics of the moment. Well, look, he needs to emphasize that theme that, uh, look, he was the CEO of stores uh, that were particularly designed for people to get uh, to, uh, to maximize their meager uh, salaries, uh, what they can buy. Uh, you know, they, those stores are all over rural areas in particular, in Georgia and in the South and elsewhere as well, but they, they serve a real purpose, and people benefit from them being there. 
uh, I would say he better talk about that and not just try to rebut what uh, Michelle Nunn says about uh, jobs being moved overseas. All com- almost all American companies, large American companies, are doing that these days because it costs so much in America because of the high taxes and minimum wage laws and regulations and so on. Uh, I think he has a story that he may not be, he may have told you, but he's not telling uh, Georgia voters. And one last thing, uh, and it's a question I asked uh, David Perdue today. Mm-hmm. If you're a Republican running for the Senate, and you're talking about national security and foreign policy. What are the one or two differences? In other words, if you leave Harry Reid and the Democrats in charge versus if we take charge, one or two things that you think Republicans ought to be talking about? Well, in the first thing, President Obama has savaged uh, the defense budget. Uh, Our military will uh, shortly be uh, smaller than it was prior to World War II. And secondly, uh, he, he's taken away one of the greatest things that has uh, preserved a, a democracy and a, a globally, and that is the ability of the United States to project power around the world. When uh, in, in, uh, in East Europe now and in Asia and so on, countries don't look to the U.S. as their protector anymore. They look elsewhere. Uh, and uh, Republicans need to say that they would re- restore uh, a credible defense budget and and restore America's global influence. Fred Barnes, thanks so much for joining us for this Weekly Standard Podcast. I appreciate it. All right. Always good to talk to you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.